Georgia lawyers Bob and Irreverent D talk law. Listen up for stories about how things really happen in our legal system. Who are these guys? Dwayne Singleton, Irreverent D, is a criminal defense attorney in the state of Georgia. Benjamin O. Benson, a.k.a. Bob, is a personal injury attorney in Atlanta. On today's episode, Irreverent D goes back to the farm. You had to get up in the morning, you had to feed the cows, you had to get chickens and all this kind of stuff. And then Bob takes it up a notch. Milk goats, I had, to, I had to clean out the chicken coop. And then they speak in parables. In the morning at five o'clock when the goat is bleeding, <laughs> the goat has got to be milked. That's right. That's right. And Bob reflects on a lesson. When I was growing up, that I remember very distinctly, and I still hear in the back of my mind, you don't work, you don't eat. Now, sit back and take a listen as Bob and Irreverent D talk law. Um, you didn't realize that was from the Bible? I didn't realize that was from the Bible. I'm a pastor's kid. I didn't know that was from the Bible. A man who does not work shall not eat. That's right. You don't work, you don't eat. And it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains when on all the... the kids got spankings <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care which one of you did it. You're all in trouble for it. That's right. Well, you want to get to the news? Oh, are we going? I, I don't know. I'm, they, I think they probably. Hey, let's hit another episode. All right. And now, the news. What you got? All right. We're going to, um, you know, we used to we used to go through these daily reports and say, Glanville will rise to Atlanta Judicial Circuit Chief Judge. Boring. But I think we can just skip over that, like, We've that shtick. I think we've we played that shtick out. out. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? All right. So this is actually really interesting. You and I were talking about this before. There's this movement now that we're the Georgia Assembly is back in action. Back working at it. Sorry, I didn't mean to say in action. I meant to say back in session action. Right. So there's this movement, there's this movement to pass legislation in the state of Georgia that would allow jurors to hear what the potential sentences for criminal indictments or criminal charges would be if they f- if they find that the defendant is guilty or not guilty. So I I think it's a great idea for the jurors to know because I think too many times the jurors don't even understand even though we're trying to explain a you know felony or misdemeanor they don't know what that means or what the sentence is going to mean and the jury thinks well this is a lesser charge than this and so they find them guilty of this charge instead of the other one and then the charge they find them guilty of has a mandatory life sentence and then you know the judge is sentencing at the end of the case and you see the jurors out in the audience watching and they're like what they start crying you know i don't (laughs) understand how this works what I, i guess when i've been watching the news I hear about jurors deciding whether a person gets the death penalty or not. What are you saying? So that's in a death penalty case. So that's a separate phase of a death penalty trial. Okay. So a jury will make a decision about whether a person here in Georgia gets the death penalty or not. Right. This is t- talking about every just regular old cases. Okay, so you've got a trafficking charge and a possession charge. You're charged with both of them because sometimes they'll kind of stack you up with a All bunch right, of you're still making it too complicated. Let's <laughs> let's dumb it down even more. Okay. The jury's so, supposed to decide fact. Hang on. Let me do it my way. Okay. Okay. I get pulled over. Yes. 
I get pulled over in Harris County. Right. We'll tell the Harris County story one other time. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not allowed in Harris County. <laughs> so I get pulled I get pulled over in Harris County, and I get pulled over for um, broken tail light. Okay. And I get charged with endangering public or something like that by having a broken taillight. And I have to go defend myself. I can't just pay the ticket. I've got to go there, and I'm a criminal defendant. Okay. And I decide, well, look, I didn't have a broken taillight. I want a jury trial. Right. And you represent me. Okay. And you're arguing for me in the jury trial. Are you telling me that while you're arguing our case— the jury can't know what the possible sentences are for me for endangering public? Absolutely. They can't. They can't. And, in fact, you can get in a little bit of trouble even if you allude when if you stories do. in closing, right, that they're going to get life in the pen or something like that. or you Because the judge is the only one responsible for sentencing. The jury is just responsible for finding whether or not guilt or innocence of the charges. Okay, so in this particular case. Right. The jury couldn't know right. that endangering... I just made that up. I don't know if there is an endangering public thing. But the jury can't know that the maximum sentence for me for endangering public by having a broken taillight could be five years in prison. Or it could be just a, a, a $60 fine. Well, and a lot of people don't realize you know, that you can get a year in jail for a speeding ticket, right? But I didn't know that. Right. So it would be informing the jury... That, you know, this is what the maximum sentence is for these charges, the maximum and minimum, minimum sentences. And right now they're not allowed to know. You can't So in this it. particular case, just say maybe the judge knows me. Right. And uh, I get convicted of this. The jury wouldn't know, well, the judge hates me anyways, and he's going to throw me in jail for five years for having a broken tail. I mean, we're, we're taking this to like ex crazy levels, but I mean, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they don't know the difference in between possession and trafficking, so they don't know the difference in between those sentences, so they don't know that this one's going to carry a much less sentence than the other. So this would allow them to have a little bit more information because sometimes they're they're trying to figure out, you know, well, maybe they did some of this or well, they're not sure exactly, which they should really probably acquit, but they don't want to because they think they've got to find somebody guilty of something. You know? <laughs> but but they obviously, they got, they, got, uh, they got arrested. They're guilty they're of guilty something. They're guilty of something. That's right. right? And, you, and you hear jurors say that, well, somebody was dead. I had to find somebody guilty of something, right? And so, But they don't realize that that carries a mandatory minimum you know, life sentence. And it would make a difference, I think, sometimes when they realize, oh, this is just five years and this is mandatory life so he needs some punishments so we'll give him this five years we're not going to give so if, if this legislation passes will juries be able to say well we'll convict him of this but we only want him to serve sub, such and such jail time so I, I think there's two ways it could actually go forward it could go forward where the juries could actually assist in sentencing right or it could just go forward where you're allowed just to tell the jurors what the sentences are Okay, I want to ask you about this because I was reading and I didn't really understand it. The One of the people who were interviewed in this article was a de criminal defense attorney like yourself. Well, maybe he's not like yourself, but he's also a criminal defense attorney. Right. And he says that uh, a lot of times uh, juries will be surprised because they will actually uh, convict of like felony murder in between the two other possible crimes of like involuntary manslaughter or ag assault, malice ag battery, malice right, murder right. thinking 
they say, well, we'll just choose a felony murder thinking, well, that's a nice compromise. Right. And then find out that the mandatory sentence is life in prison. Right. And be shocked. That's that's kind of the doomsday scenario. Right. And I've, and I've actually seen that happen. You know, I had a case where they found him not guilty of like seven of the charges and they found him guilty of just the one. And the one sentence, one count carried 20 years and they didn't know. And the judge gave him 20 years and the jurors, the foreman of the jury, like busted out in tears out in the audience. Not knowing that not that's what was going to happen. Not having any idea she was sending him to jail for 20 years. So, uh, I've, you know, I've always wanted to ask this, and I've never, never have. Right. Life in prison is not really life in prison. It's just like a 20-year sentence? Well, it just depends on how you grid out. There's a grid when you go in, they look at you, and they figure out if you've done prior crimes and what the severity of this one is, and then they'll grid you and tell you basically when you're max release date is so life in prison doesn't mean life in prison not necessarily but it can so how it just depends on where you are on the spreadsheet where you are and it depends on how the judge stacks up the sentences right you may get several consecutive life sentences and he puts them all in a row just so you so get you, 20 40 60 years just so you never get out right so um so if i'm listening to the news what i'm listening for is like something like life in prison without the chance of parole. That right. would mean, and some okay, of them you're have, in a slammer you know, forever. And some charges have no possibility of parole. Okay. Or you're going to do 90%, depending on what the crime is. But that's all decided by the parole board. That's very interesting. The What do you think? that Do you think this is has some chance of getting Probably through? not. I mean, we're a pretty conservative state when it gets outside of... I could see most judges are going to be upset with that. And they're not going to want to take that power away from them. Why would they be upset? Because I think the fear is is that the jury is going to look at the charges and the max sentence and find somebody not guilty of something they actually did because they just don't want them to get that maximum consequence. Well, you talked about that in like one of our first two episodes, this so-called jury nullification. Right. You get a jury to everybody knows that this person was smoking marijuana. Right. Everybody knows that he He's had marijuana. He's got three big fat sacks in the car. And everybody and everybody knows that's what happened, right. but the jury says not guilty. Because they think we need to legalize marijuana. Right. So that nullification is, okay, in spite of all of the facts that we have, we're just not going to convict for it. And nobody, and nobody can second-guess the jury, right? Right. And you'll even see jury nullification in cases just where the cop's an asshole. Right? Yeah. Like he's just... Ripping them around, beating them up and fussing, and there's all this stuff going on and maybe some racial stuff in there. And they're like, I get that he did something wrong. But he had not to act like that. Should be prosecuted too, so we're going to find him not guilty. And that's what you're hoping for as the criminal defense attorney is, in spite of all the evidence, like you you really ought not to convict this person. And sometimes you're, you're. gun in towards jury nullification, but sometimes they just don't have enough to prove guilt beyond reasonable doubt. And so you're just really focusing on reasonable doubt. And I always say if juries really understood reasonable doubt, everybody would get found not guilty. <laughs> because when you go back there and you talk about the case for three days, There's, that's somebody had some doubt. Somebody right? had some doubts. And so then they just bully the other guy into coming on board, right? Well, um, okay, well, that's it for the news. All right. Let's. Uh, we've got. We've got one question from our um, mailbag, or from Can I Sue for that? Let's it's see. A, it. It's actually from the mailbag, but um, it's a Can I Sue for that question? Can I sue for that? Their question is. I'm going to summarize this. 
the they went to see their doctor. Okay. And in the interview or in the interchange between her and her doctor, she said some maybe not so nice things about her doctor to her face saying, well, you know, I'm doing pretty well considering you almost killed me the last time I saw you. Uh, and then she would, uh, and then considering that malpractice, you probably committed. <laughs> and then I'm paraphrasing, of right. course, that there were maybe some uh, other choice words that she, that she used. Then the, the promptly found out that the doctor, uh, the doctor's practice fired her and won't see her again. Sure. Uh, so she wants to know, well, can I sue the doctor for discrimination or can I sue the doctor because they won't see me? What's, what's the answer? I hope you know the answer to that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know the answer. The answer is always, if you have a crayon, file the lawsuit, you know, the question is, is it going to be successful? Does the, is the doctor required to treat you now if he's discriminating against you? Because of one of the protected classes, then that lawsuit might. I don't think even then go forward. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we we would have to get like a guest on here that is an expert in those kinds of things. But if if I'm just a regular old business, right, and I I don't like you because oh I see what you mean now. Okay, I don't (laughs) like you because you're talking smack about me. Right, I can very much not. now, I think it's smart on, Not the, on the doctor's part that if you've got somebody saying, hey, I'm going to sue you for malpractice, they probably need to find another <laughs> Probably need physician, to find another doctor. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. If if you're a business and right. you're discriminating against that person because because they're black or they're brown or they're white or whatever, yes, you can be sued, you can be sued uh, now, for that. Now, could this possibly fall into medical malpractice there – you know, because they get certain protections where you just can't sue a doctor. You've got to have another doctor say they haven't within the normal standard of care, right? Or well, is this going to be outside of that? That was the the lawsuit, if it existed, right. would be outside of medical malpractice because this is just the doctor as a business person. Just as a business, I'm not going to treat you. I'm not going to treat you because you're for whatever reason. Um, and if she gets, if the doctor gets sued under some kind of discrimination lawsuit, the the defense would be, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not discriminating against her because she's black or because she's white or because she's Muslim. I'm, be, I'm discriminating against her because I hate her. Right. Right. And that's a that's a perfectly valid reason. So again, you know, we talked in one of the other episodes about the protected class with the hair color. That's right. right? The hairstyle or the, so, the crown act. Right. So I'm a doctor, and I put a sign up, and that says no redheads allowed we will not treat with that no gingers no gingers no gingers at all we don't like gingers here they don't you know i I mean i think you're inviting somebody (laughs) to to get their crown out with their three hundred dollars and file a lawsuit against them but there as of right now that's not a crime there's there's because it's not a protected class it's not a protected class that's right gingers are not protected so you know just the south park they don't have a soul completely okay <laughs> i missed that episode i keep hearing it from my staff it's fantastic all right now it's time for do we have enough time for uh, questions from a 10 year old always always all right time for questions from a 10 year old we do not know what the question is so this is um, oh, this will be fun this is it's completely spontaneous okay oh gosh we have a minor at the bar <laughs> All right, what's the question? What 
is All right. a law? All right. What is a law firm? What is a law firm? Hmm. I would like to say that a law firm is where one or more lawyers decide to have a business of practicing law. Wait, wait could you have a law firm if it's just you? I do. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think so. The Bob Law Firm is a, is a law firm. Right. Is, can, but it's just, but it's just me. Then you can hire on an associates, right? Later right. And on, say right? and associates, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. That's that's what a law firm is. Cool. Bunch of lawyers doing lawyer stuff. Doing lawyer stuff. What do you uh, uh, as a corollary to that, Dwayne, what does a lawyer do? We try to help people and solve problems. What I think we do. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I was like you get yourself in a situation that either car wreck, criminal charge, divorce, and then you've got to deal with the whole legal aspect of it. So we try to help you through that process. Oftentimes, it's really difficult for us to to handle the business part of it. Right. I'm really good as a lawyer, but uh, I'm not a business person. Well, they teach you none of that in law school. They don't. They, like, you really don't. You don't even get an accounting And class. I spent so many years just right. trying to flub through it. Like, And it turns out if you just like follow basic business principles, like take care of your customers, make sure that, they, make sure that you have good relationships with your customers, that um, – uh, that you could have a good business, but they don't teach it. They don't teach us that. Because you'll see some, you know, really brilliant lawyers that are terrible businessmen, you know. Right. And then you'll see terrible lawyers that are good businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> I <You> mean. <laughs> didn't, and they still make a living. And you're like, how? That guy doesn't know where the courthouse is. <laughs> well, here's to another good episode in the books. All right. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time when Bob and a Reverend D talk law.